Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you with the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And certainly today's topic, which should be dominating discussions, I'm sure it is out there, is the snow. The wintry weather we're experiencing, fog in some places, freezing fog. I encountered that on my way to work. It was very difficult to get the windshield wipers working properly when you have that fog freezing right there onto the windshield. And and then also icy conditions also uh, causing some uh, slide offs in various places and we know the plows are out and how do we know well uh, if you haven't seen one uh, perhaps you have consulted the uh, Colorado Department of Transportation website cotrip.org where they have the wonderful way that you can spot all the plows working on I-25 or Powers or Highway 24 uh, because of their uh, plow spotting capabilities. And so today, uh, that's just one of the things we're going to be talking about with the fine folks from CDOT. We have on the line, uh, Bob Wilson, who is joining us this morning. Bob, welcome to the show. Good morning, Shannon. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, and Bob's going to be talking to us about some overall CDOT programs. And we also have with us uh, Amber Shipley, who's the communications manager for our region, specifically Region 2, which starts at uh, County Line Road, uh, heading south and includes all of the southeast region. Amber, welcome to the show. Great. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning. So let's start with you, Bob. Uh, one of the things I think that uh, comes up about this time of year uh, when we're talking about emergency response, when we're talking about storm response, is snow sting service. Tell us about snow sting. Uh, so, so snow sting is part of the bus sting family. A lot of people might know that's our transit system that runs um, around the state. Um, right now, the Bustang system itself runs between Colorado Springs and Denver, as well as Denver and Grand Junction and Denver and Fort Collins. But um, Snowstang is part of that family, and what it is is an express bus service that serves some of the state's mountain resorts. And that service is beginning in a couple of days. On Saturday morning, we're going to start running it for the season. And uh, what it does is it provides round-trip travel to five different areas. That includes A Basin. Uh, Breckenridge, the Loveland Ski Area, Copper Mountain, and then on Steamboat Springs. So it runs every Saturday and Sunday, and then any Monday holidays um, that will be uh, coming up. That includes Martin Luther King Jr. Day in mid-January, and then President's Day in mid-February. And that would be a, so, such a pleasant way to get up and down from the high country as opposed to uh, being in your private car and worried about the possibility of accidents, either yourself or maybe someone uh, nearby you sliding into you, uh, because that can uh, really bring a lot of stress to that uh, travel. Uh, let's talk about traveling when we have conditions like what we're experiencing today, Bob, uh, because it, when when you have so many cars on the roads, uh, one of the things that uh, happens is a lot of people are just simply not equipped for it. And that's where getting in one of those busting buses can help you avoid all the problems. Exactly, exactly. If you don't want to deal with the stress of driving in winter conditions, busting is always a good alternative. It's affordable and uh, can definitely remove a lot of that stress, especially if you hate driving in winter conditions like a lot of people do. Um, that's always an option if you're trying to travel between uh, Colorado Springs and Denver, as well as you, if you need to go to other locations in the state. 
um, if you're going from Denver up to Fort Collins or headed along the I-70 corridor all the way west out to Grand Junction. And then we have our Outrider service, which connects uh, to Pueblo, to Trinidad, as well as Lamar, and then Alamosa. And then also it, it goes to Gunnison uh, as well. And then in southwestern Colorado to Durango and Telluride. So um, the system continues to expand and it uh, continues to grow in popularity. So we're very happy with it. And uh, a lot of people tell us they're glad they do have that alternative. And that was one reason we started the service was because people were saying, you know, I don't mind going the mountains. I love recreating or getting from point A to point B for whatever for whatever reason, if it's a medical service or whatever somebody needs. Um, but, you know, I don't really care for driving in the mountains or for driving overall. And so a Bustang has provided a, a good alternative for, uh, for people like that. Uh, so when the conditions worsen like they did uh, overnight here in southern Colorado, do you see spikes in ridership on Bustang? Sometimes we do, yes, we do. Um, when we do see, when the, it snows, we do see some increased uh, travel on the Bustang. Um, it may go down over the next couple of weeks because a lot of people aren't working, um, taking, the, taking the next week or two off. Uh, but, yeah, when uh, conditions get adverse, uh, we do see a little bit of a bump uh, on the quarters, especially along the front range. The west line, since that's not so much a commuter line, um, that tends to stay pretty full. Uh, year-round, be it ski season or even in the middle of the summer or even what during the period we know as the mud season, which is that period that it, there's no skiing going on, but it's not full-fledged summer season either, kind of like that April to June area, and then that area between like September and December. And this morning, we are seeing uh, some really treacherous conditions going on I-25, especially through the gap. Fog and freezing fog and freezing drizzle, uh, all causing problems this morning, along with the overnight snow. And I think there's a, another wave of snow headed our way as well. Uh, so w what do you do when it comes to evaluating conditions through the gap? And are there times when you consider saying, you know, this is just too treacherous. We don't want anyone to get into any problems because it's not the kind of uh, stretch of interstate where if you do slide off and cause a major traffic jam, I mean, there's not a lot of amenities around. No, yeah, and that's the, that's the problem with the gap um, is when the weather gets adverse and you get some of those really heavy snowstorms, um, we will close the stretch between Monument and Castle Rock um, in advance, a proactive measure to close it because we have had situations previously in previous years where people got stranded out in the, the Greenland area. They'd slide off and we'd have a number of cars that were slid off the road and uh, people would get stuck out there. So the decision was made a few years ago that it's better for uh, public safety to close the roadway uh, proactively um, in locations at Monument and Cass Rock where people either if they stop, they're stopped, they have services there, be it hotels, restaurants, gas stations, uh, to serve them, or they can turn around. If you're coming up from the Springs to go to Denver and the road's closed, you can always, you know, turn back around to go back to Colorado Springs or wherever you're from in southern Colorado and wait out the storm. Same story with Castle Rock to where you have services there, or you can turn around and go further further north, back home or wherever you're headed, um, and wait out the storm. However, that 20-mile stretch 
between Castle Rock and Monument, there are really no services. There's like one gas station in Larkspur, but there's no there's no hotels or, or restaurants to speak of um, in that uh, stretch of roadway. So uh, if you get stranded, you get stranded out there. You don't have any options. So as a public safety measure, we will shut Interstate 25 uh, during really adverse weather conditions. It's not going to be if the road is, you know, if it's just adverse weather, but it's still drivable, passable. But when the situation turns so bad that um, it's best to close the roadway as opposed to trying to fight the weather and try to keep the highway open. Well, you know, luckily that's not the case today, but uh, hopefully uh, people have ways to adjust their schedule so they don't have to make it through that stretch. Because right now, getting between Cimarron and C-470 on I-25 is taking uh, over an hour. So that gives you an idea of how difficult things are out on the roads this morning. Uh, Again, we would advise everyone to check out cotrip.org to find out more information about current conditions. That's where you can go to get those real-time conditions as well as see uh, the location of snow plows as well as uh, get your eyes on some of those camera viewpoints. Uh, that's very helpful, especially this morning when we were dealing with so much fog. Um, we have much more to come here on The Extra with CDOT's Bob Wilson and Amber Shipley when we come back. You've seen the work going on if you've gone through the gap, the I-25 express lanes. We'll talk about those when the extra continues and our talk with CDOT. Welcome back to the extra. And before we move on, just want to update everyone on a couple of uh, issues out there that's related to the weather. Uh, Peterson Space Force Base is now changing its status. Only mission essential personnel need to report to work at Peterson, Shriver, and Cheyenne Mountain Space Force Station today. Uh, That's because of the current weather and road conditions. But they do say to monitor Facebook and X, formerly Twitter, pages uh, to get updates. And uh, this is a new update. Earlier it was on a two-hour delay, but uh, because of the current weather conditions, we have that change. And then also I-25 uh, south to from Trinidad to the state line, New Mexico, uh, that is now closed. Uh, CDOT has made that determination because of the bad weather conditions. And we've been talking with Bob Wilson, statewide communications manager for CDOT here on the Extra. And is this one of those uh, decisions that's made when you decide to close a segment of the highway uh, where you just decide that the response is needed in case anyone gets in a major accident is just too great uh, to justify leaving the highway, this interstate open? Yeah, that's that's one element of it. Um, also, it's just if uh, we know that the road is going to overwhelm. In other words, we can't plow fast enough to beat out the conditions um, or tr- treat the roadway. It's better from a safety standpoint just to close the roadway so uh, it keeps people out of harm's way. And, and they're also in a location if you're in Trinidad or if you're in Raton for that matter. Um, you are in a location where you can at least stay safe and have shelter um, and, and someplace to eat, that kind of a thing. So, um, again, similar to what, uh, what uh, we were talking about regarding the gap, um, these kinds of closures often are done well in advance of the road just falling apart, if you will, um, as a safety measure just to uh, maintain 
safety for the traveling public so they don't get themselves into harm's way um, in situations like that. We've, uh, we often do that um, out on the Eastern Plains. We had US Highway 160 closed as well um, yesterday and early this morning. Um, it's now open, but this is, uh, we often do that when visibility, for instance, uh, out on the Eastern Plains gets down to near zero and people can't see their way on the roadway. So oftentimes it's not so much how much snow is out there, but it's how much snow is blowing out there that reduces the visibility to where it makes for an unsafe driving condition. And it's best just to close the road and wait out the storm before you reopen it. All right. Well, Bob, I know, of course, the weather is going to be on a lot of people's minds this morning. But uh, once we are through with uh, winter, well, not even through with winter, but once we uh, get past uh, 2023, we're going to be dealing with another uh, change along I-25 through the gap. And that's the express lane update. Tell us about that. Yeah, those lanes, the express lanes, which have been in a uh, a testing mode for several months, more than a year now. Um, You know, they're scheduled to go live uh, with tolling operations uh, early next year in 2024. So, you know, that could change as far as the timing goes. Um, But, you know, we're still working on getting a number of multiple systems that need to interact with each other for that tolling to work properly. But uh, we are shooting to get the express lanes open um, early next year. So, you know, it's, it, it takes time to get uh, the, the tolling mechanisms up and running properly because we don't want people getting uh, charged for, uh, overcharged, if you will, uh, on, those, on those lanes. So we want to make sure everything is uh, operating properly before we go full force with the uh, operations on that, on that tolling. So still, still a little ways away, uh, at least a few weeks away from when we'll start tolling on the on the gap segment of I-25. But in the meantime, if people are anticipating it, probably would be wise to get one of those uh, those um, sensors, the readers, right, the transponders. Yeah, the transponders, it's a good idea. If you do know that there's a good chance that you might have to use the express lanes, if you travel up to Denver uh, to go to like uh, DIA, or there's other reasons you may need to use the express lanes to get through traffic, in one of those situations where where traffic may be a little bit heavy, but you need to get through a little bit quicker, might be a good idea to get a transponder now, and then you'll be prepared for uh, opening day, if you will, for those toll lanes. Now, it makes me so mad, although I, I'm careful to say this because sometimes sometimes we end up doing things that make us mad, too. We fall into the same traps. But it does make me mad when I see people crossing the solid white lines there with those express lanes. Those are not meant to be crossed, right? Correct. Yeah, they're not meant to be crossed. You're supposed to stay in those lanes until there's a look. It, it is well marked saying this is where you can get off. Like at Larkspur, there's a couple of locations where if you need to exit the roadway or enter the express lanes, like in Larkspur is a good example. Um, that's where you're supposed to. But um, the lane weaving can be very dangerous, especially because you're going to be going into the, the general uh, traffic lanes. And so we are very clear that that is a dangerous maneuver to be going in and out of those express lanes. You're supposed to stay in that lane once you get into that lane, unless otherwise noted. Um, and so there are uh, mechanisms there that will ticket people. And we have had that situation along Interstate 70 west of Denver already, where a lot of people got warning tickets and then they started getting real tickets um, because they were doing the same thing. And so that same situation. 
uh, will go into effect uh, on I-25 South Gap in 2024. I think some people, some drivers think, well, if they if they wanted me to just stay in one lane or the other lane, you know, the express lane versus the regular lanes, then they would have just walled it off. And, and I just think of some places that I know, like California, Washington State, where they have walled off those express lanes. And boy, that makes it a lot tougher. So, um, you know, just hopefully people will follow those, you know, those directions. Right. And, you know, we couldn't, in California, you can do that, at least in most parts of the state, unless you're in the Sierra Nevada, for instance. Um, but uh, we have snow, um, and those walls create a barrier when you're plowing snow, and that they serve as collectors for snow. So that create that can create another hazard if you have walls along the roadway like that, especially on the left side. And so it's it's not feasible to put walls up along those uh, along like our express lanes whereas in california you're able to do that um you know and they also have bumps that serve as as uh, lane markers as well and we can't really do that either because the snow plows would chip away at those lane markers um so you know there's just differences with uh, the weather conditions between most areas of california and colorado that don't allow us to do certain things that other areas of the country can do. All right. Well, that's the update on the express lanes. But like you said, uh, we have through the holidays, at least it doesn't sound like that we're going to have to have to deal with that. And we'll get plenty of notice and word out to our drivers through uh, various means uh, when that change comes, uh, when you will start paying those tolls. We need to take a break here. Amber Shipley and Bob Wilson from CDOT, our guests here on The Extra. You're listening to KRDO News Radio. Welcome to The Extra and our guest today, very timely indeed. We're so pleased to have with us Amber Shipley, Communications Manager for Region 2, as well as Bob Wilson, Statewide Communications Manager, who joined us for the first half hour. Uh, Amber, let's transition and talk about something that we reported on right here on our latest newscast, which is the upcoming closure for replacement of the BNSF Railway Bridge. Tell us about that. Sure. Well, we've been having a lot of inquiries about when that bridge was going to be replaced from the October 15th derailment that occurred just north of Pueblo. And on Monday night, this upcoming Monday night, December 18, uh, there will be an 11-hour closure overnight from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m. on Tuesday uh, for BNSF Railway to replace that bridge over the northbound lanes we are shutting down the entire highway, both directions, uh, so we can ensure the safety of our traveling public. And we do have detours in place for that on Colorado 115. I don't know that I heard where we ended up in terms of who had the maintenance responsibility for that bridge. Uh, Was it a, a state responsibility or was it a shared responsibility for maintenance? I think they're still researching, trying to make those determinations because the records go back so far. But BNSF Railway has been responsible for the repairs and the actual replacement of the bridge. Um, So they are the ones that have been doing all of the work, coordinating all the work through contractors, and they are the ones actually placing the bridge over the interstate. And we've just been working with them allowing the lane closures as needed and shoulder closures, and in this case, the entire closure of both south and northbound lanes of the interstate. 
Right. That, that was that was a tough closure uh, it, it, when you have something that's, you know, such a major thoroughfare through our region and uh, you have that major of a closure. Um, but uh, we know it also impedes the flow of freight through the area uh, and that impacts uh, BNSF as well as uh, all the people who are dependent on that. Um, let's talk about something that affects our military, going from freight to military, uh, the MAMSIP project. So we have gone through a number of iterations of various closures and things that have been related to that. And uh, so where do we stand with the MAMSIP project? I know there was that closure on South Academy uh, that was between uh, Highway 8587 and I-25. Was that related to MAMSIP? It's under the MAMSIP umbrella, yes. Uh, It is actually an El Paso County project. And what they've noticed under the bridge uh, there on, you know, on South Academy over the Fountain Creek was uh, there was some scour, which is when water hits against the embutments and embankments, it washes away um, the pertinent material that holds everything up. And so there was some drop in the bridge. So they are actively investigating that. And so you still are experiencing a detour onto the uh, eastbound lanes of South Academy Boulevard. So you've got, uh, let me see here. (laughs) You've got- It's a very complicated uh, area. I I grant you. It is, it's confusing. So you have two eastbound lanes on South Academy are open and a single westbound lane. so that we've, everything's been shifted over so that they can continue to est- investigate and determine um, an approach to ensure the safety of that bridge. But again, that is in El Paso County, part of the MAMSIP project. So let's talk about MAMSIP, where we stand now. What's next in this and how close are we getting to the end? Well, you know, the, the South Academy Bridge that's being put over I-25 um, is in progress, and it, we'll be working on that through the next year. Uh, so that's not going to change. But we do have some big changes coming up next week. Uh, we were supposed to have some changes this week, but the snow got in the way. Mother Nature, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So beginning next Tuesday, and they're going to be nighttime closures and detours uh, through that section from Santa Fe Avenue to South Academy Boulevard. Um, So on Tuesday night, December 19th, there'll be a full closure northbound I-25 as we begin to make the shift uh, to the final configuration into those northbound lanes that have been, uh, they've been working on guardrail and striping, getting everything ready. Uh, So you can expect that if you're traveling between 8 p.m. and uh, 5 a.m., and you need to be on northbound I-25, there are going to be closures. And so you're going to be exiting and taking US 8587 uh, to get from point A to point B um, along there because of the I-25 closure. Okay. Okay, so uh, that's something to for people to keep in mind there. Do you find it, uh, does CDOT find it better uh, to do closures like this during a week when uh, presumably you don't have as much travel? I mean, you have holiday travelers, but for the most part, uh, the volumes, because so many people take time off uh, during these weeks, uh, is it better because the volumes uh, die down a bit? Well, I mean, the hope is to get those lanes open because it's just going to be a safer passage. 
And yes, we hope that uh, most of the travel were, will occur, you know, the following week uh, during the holiday week. So we're getting that done next week early, um, hoping to get all those transitions in place. And then the week of the holiday uh, between Christmas and New Year's, no major road closures will occur on interstates or major highways. That's uh, the edict from headquarters. So we will not be impeding any traffic, hopefully um, barring any snow operations. All right. Well, Amber, uh, thank you for that information. We have much more to talk about with you. So stick around. But uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about some of the other projects that are going on around our region. Uh, But I also want to direct people. There is a dedicated project website where you can find out about the MAMSIPS project. You go to codot.gov slash projects slash military access safety improvements. All one word military access safety improvements and there you can get a summary of the project what it encompasses because it encompasses quite a few projects under the same umbrella and you can see what the status is of certain parts of it uh, whatever you're interested in and there are fact sheets uh, as well as updates there that you can get again we'll put that link on our KRDO News Radio podcast page we need to take a break here when we come back more from Amber Shipley with Colorado Department of Transportation's Region 2 we're back with the extra and our guest today, Amber Shipley, who's the Region 2 Communications Manager for Colorado Department of Transportation, otherwise known as CDOT. And Amber, during the break, I was just once again looking at the cotrip.org website and map. That's my favorite thing, the map, because it shows uh, so many of the things I'm interested in, where there's bad weather, where there are road conditions that I need to be worried about, where there are snow plows working, and where there are traffic in incidents uh, that we need to be aware of. Uh, So all of that is contained and much more is contained on that cotrip.org website, Uh, a great place for information, don't you think? Oh, it's amazing. And there is an app for your phone so you can download it. So when you're planning your travel, you can stop and take a look and and see what's coming up on the road. Um, It's exciting too to see where all of our snow plows because a lot of times we think, oh, there's no snow plows out. They're all over the place, all over the region. They've been really busy over the last couple of days. Our guys put in um, 12-hour shifts alternating so that we're on the roads 24 hours a day, ensuring that our roads are safe for our traveling public. So I know that those guys have they're going to be tired by the weekend. <laughs> and they feed back uh, uh, more pictures as well of real-time road conditions. So I, yeah. I love the additional photos that we get through uh, those sources. So it's amazing what you know technology has been able to accomplish in just a few short years in terms of our ability to be informed about the conditions on the roads. That's right. That's right. Okay. And uh, let's talk about a specific road where there's a project going on uh, that's going to be impacting people, especially if you like coming the back way uh, to get Mm -hmm. to Fort Carson. I'm talking about Highway 115. Amber, why don't you give us uh, an update on the project there? You know, uh, work has been continuing uh, daytime hours because it's just simply too cold in that narrow canyon during the night. But the concrete paving is about 90% complete now between Rock Creek Canyon Road and Roca Royha Circle. So we'll continue through the winter as weather allows. So again, the temperatures have to be at a certain level for them to do that. 
they're working on grading, asphalt paving, and uh, trying to get everything complete before temperatures just really drop to where they can't do um, the work. And we just always want to remind people, because that's a, anytime you're going through a work zone, especially through a narrow area like that, we have lowered speed limits. 45 mile per hour is in place through there. And we really encourage our public to, to obey those traffic um, limits because it protects you as the driver, it protects the drivers around you, and it protects those crews working out on the road as well. Right. Uh, we've had a number of projects where it seems like drivers don't get that message, like the gap work as well as the MAMSIPs on I-25 around Mays Ridge Parkway. It seems like drivers still are you know, not slowing when they're being directed to. Unfortunately, that's the case. We're all busy. We're, we're used to working in an instant society, and we want to get where we're going as quickly as possible. But unfortunately, sometimes that results in um, you know, a collision with either one of the barriers or with another vehicle, and it can cause significant bodily harm. Then it slows down all the other drivers on the road. And it really doesn't always get you where you're going as fast as you might think. Sometimes slowing down and pacing yourself actually will get you from point A to B much more quickly and with less stress. Well, let's talk about something that could start causing stress for drivers, and that's a project going on between Fillmore and Garden of the Gods. Now, the work has started. I've seen workers out there. Where do we stand with that project, Amber? All right. Well, yeah. So we've all noticed that when you're traveling through Colorado Springs, that that tends to get a little quagmired, a little uh, <laughs> good word, slow down, yeah. for lack of a for a little better word there. But uh, we're adding de- acceleration and decelerations between Fillmore and Garden of the Gods, and there will be resurfacing when the project, you know, gets toward its end. But we're just in the beginning stages. So yeah, you have seen them doing a lot of staging along there. And actually, there is going to be a closure of Elston Street, which runs under the interstate, while they do the bridge demolition work uh, between the 26th and the 29th. So that won't affect I-25 travel, but it will affect anyone who uses Elston Street as a thoroughfare to get under the interstate. So that's something I want everyone to be aware of and plan for. All right. Uh, Good information there. Uh, So what would be the best way? I mean, are are we going to see drivers shuttling off over to Cascade and Nevada trying to make it through that stretch? Or maybe uh, taking the back way, 30th Street, past Garden of the Gods, uh, when things get, you know, bunched up? Or are they anticipating really that kind of uh, slowdowns uh, associated with uh, construction work? You know, I, I'm sure that there will be some shifts for drivers, and so you might notice a little bit more congestion in those other areas. Um, I'm not sure of what the the actual vehicle use is through there. I know there's a lot of bicyclists that use Elston Street, and we do have detours and plans in place for those that group of people. And I just got this notification this morning, so I don't have all the specifics on uh, the most suggested detour route, but we'll be getting that out to our media later today, I hope. And and is there going to be a way that people can stay up to date on what's happening with this project? Well, just like you had uh, just said with the MAMSIP project, our uh, codot.org website has a projects list and so you can view every project going on in our region if you look for the southeastern region projects and the i-25 Fillmore to garden of the gods uh, project is listed there so you can see 
all the updates, and there's even a special page for those cyclists so that they can see how it impacts their travel as well, because we know that's a major thoroughfare for them. All right. Well, uh, before we leave you, Amber Shipley, do you want to offer any advice to drivers? Uh, because we are tackling winter weather conditions today and probably will be tackling them several times in the coming months. It really seems so. We got hit um, harder down south than um, up north. So this this one, always every, every new snowstorm brings new challenges because we kind of forget after our beautiful summer, spring and summer season, we forget um, you got to drive a little slower. You got to anticipate uh, spacing between yourself and the vehicles in front of you. And you need to ensure that your vehicles are properly prepared for winter driving. And one of the most essential pieces of that is to ensure you have the proper tires on your vehicle with enough tread depth to give you that uh, gripping and stopping that you need uh, when you're on the road, especially when it's slick. And even when it's, if it's icy and there's no snow to grip onto, um, you just really need to take it slow and be safe out there so that you can get to your family and loved ones in one piece. Right. You may put on the brakes, but the brakes may not stop you or slow you down the way you think they will uh, when you're dealing with those slick conditions. Amber Shipley, I wish we had more time, but it's been a pleasure talking to you and learning about these projects. And again, we're going to put some of the links up on our podcast page so people can uh, learn more and find out more. So Amber Shipley, thank you for joining us on The Extra. Great. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And to our earlier guest, Bob Wilson, Statewide Communications Manager, we want to give our thanks as well. And to our listeners out there, yes, please do have a great day, but please also stay safe on the roads. That's The Extra. We'll have another edition of The Extra tomorrow, 9 to 10 a.m. Tom Martino is up after the break.